it's like really, really super duper fun to be a Florida Gator fan right now. There's nothing wrong going on here, and we're going to talk about why there's nothing, nothing wrong in Gainesville here on Locked on Gators. You are Locked on Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Gators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'm going to say this now. I'm recording because I'm not going to be free tonight to record. So I'm free. I'm recording a little bit before Micah Mezcua commits. So at the time of recording this, I don't know what's going to work out with that. Um, hopefully he's a Gator, but if he's not, then he's not. Um, but more importantly, probably is the I'm gonna talk about NIL. And I'm gonna start it by talking about Jaden Rashada, who, if you're a Florida Gators fan and you're on Twitter and you're on anywhere, really, um you know that there's some stuff going on with Jaden Rashada where he's not currently enrolled at Florida, although the Florida website lists him as enrolled in the university. Um, so, so there's that. But yes, I know one thing that Jaden Rashada wants to be a Florida Gator. I'm trying to navigate this because I'm not going to pretend that I know all the details. I'm comfortable saying that the huge majority of people, whether or not they say they know the details and when it comes out, whether or not they say I knew all along, the huge majority of people don't really know all the details. There are very few people who know what really happened or what really is happening with Jaden Rashada and the Florida Gators, him not being enrolled, even though it's listed as enrolled. Um, there's some wonky, potentially shady stuff in his NIL contract or whatever you want to say about it. Um, and yeah, I don't know all the details, so I'm not going to start speculating. I will say, yes, I know Jaden Rashada wants to be a Florida Gator. I know that Kelby Collins in a group chat said he expects Jaden Rashada to be on campus this week. I asked someone who is not directly a part of the program, what in the world is going on with Jaden Rashada? And I was told that they don't even know the full details, but that they expect him to be on campus by Friday. And I know in the Lockdown Gators Discord, which the link is in, in the description below, um, I said, until there's a need to cons- to be concerned or get concerned or freak out, then I'm not going to. And that's the approach that I'm going to take. Is there, you know, some reason to be a little teensy bit concerned? Yes, but I don't think it's, you know, the, the, the sky is falling levels that we saw on social media or message boards 
over the past 24 hours. I think it's more so this is a potentially crappy situation or not even potentially it's a crappy situation because it sounds like someone is trying to screw this kid over. Um, and he's already had such an up and down recruitment and commitment and it's been so crazy. Um, but there's no reason on my end to be concerned or to freak out until Friday happens if Jaden Rashad is not on campus. There are people that do need to lose their jobs and potentially lose their licenses. Um, just saying. But for now, until we know all the details, I'm not calling for anybody's job. I'm not calling for anybody's head. I'm not freaking out about will Jaden Rashad come to Florida or not. I'm not. I'm not freaking out about any of that um, because I, I just don't see that. You know, I, I don't think that it really does anybody good to freak out unless you need to freak out. So I'm not going to freak out. On the other side, the positive side of Florida Gators NIL, uh, Ben Chase getting hired, which is really awesome. Um, if you don't know Ben Chase, you do know Ben Chase. You just don't know that you know Ben Chase. Ben Chase is the guy that. This season went on a college football road trip, drove to 77 games. I think it was 116 teams he saw. So he went to a lot of places, saw a lot of teams, saw a lot of games. He is a Florida alum, so that's always great. And he announced during the college football national championship, which is weird. Like, it's weird that they just you know, didn't play the college football national championship. That's so weird that it just didn't happen. That's real. It's really weird. Uh, it's like we went from like Monday afternoon to Tuesday morning and, and nothing happened. Um, except for Ben announcing that he is going to be joining the University of Florida, his alma mater, to be the director of NIL strategy. And here's one thing where people were like, oh, finally football. Uh, ben is going to be working with UAA. So he's not just football is going to be covering all sports, which is great because honestly, a lot of sports could probably use a bit of help uh, in terms of just their NIL approach. I know that a lot of us are unhappy with how football has approached NIL. You could argue with some other sports has been a bit different, but football, we know that most of us not super thrilled. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to be able to make, but Ben Chase is going to be a UAA employee, not just football. His job is going to be him uh, helping all stakeholders, student athletes, coaches, admin, fans, alumni, and local businesses to maximize the NIL opportunities in Gainesville. So really, when it comes down to brass tacks, it's like, well, he's going to be just doing a lot in terms of strategizing for NIL and, and how to maximize Florida's opportunities because he's kind of been dropping the ball a bit, Gainesville. But it is awesome to see Florida put an actual emphasis on NIL. Um, it's also important to say that this isn't the last thing that Florida is going to do in terms of improving their NIL experience. We know that Gator Collective, uh, Eddie Rojas, is going to be stepping down hopefully soon, and his whoever his uh, successor will be will hopefully be stepping up soon, hopefully within the next month. That's going to happen. The actual University of Florida is going to be putting a, a larger emphasis on NIL, uh, which is 
that means to say this is not going to be the last hire that they're making. They're going to continue hiring people, which is going to be really fun and really cool because then you get to see, oh my goodness, they're actually putting an emphasis on a school that hasn't done that as much. You know, it's funny, Florida, when NIL became a thing, it was, oh my God, with Florida's alumni base and Florida's fan base, there's no way they can fall behind in NIL. And then Florida's fallen behind in NIL. And I'm not here to place blame. I will say that uh, the administration itself has not put enough of an emphasis on it. Whether or not you want to say that's a blame, go ahead. I don't care. Um, but that that's where I'm at. I think the administration hasn't done what they need to do. And it looks like they're at least taking steps to get to where they need to get and to do what they need to do. So, Florida, whether it's good or bad, Ben Chase, Jaden Rashad, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find out how it all works out. But this is whew, a tumultuous time for Florida Gators athletics, and it's super duper fun. There's nothing wrong going on here. But now we're about to talk about the biggest areas of improvement for Florida on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But first, today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Bet Online. And I don't know about you guys. But um, Monday night, Georgia winning their second national championship in a row stung. But at least something good came out of it where I told you beforehand, I said to bet the over, the over cashed. I took the over at 61 and a half with bet online and I made money with bet online bet online has not just football now the college football is over you can still bet on the nfl you can bet on basketball which has been just a, an atm at this point it's been awesome but you can head to the website today or use your mobile device like right here and check out all the trends and action check out bet online it's where the game starts thanks again for making lockdown gators your first listen of the day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts and I'm going to spend the next two segments talking about the biggest areas of improvement for the Florida Gators in 2023. And I don't want this to seem as if I'm saying these are the biggest areas where Florida needs to improve. This is more where I think Florida will make the biggest strides. So, you know, I'm not saying the offensive line is an area that needs to improve, but I think it's going to be an area that improves the most. Um, because offensive line, obviously, last year wasn't an area that needs to improve. And by the way, this year it won't be better than it was last year. Um, that's just that's just how that goes. But I will say that I think for the offense, yards after catch is going to be the biggest area of improvement for this team. Maybe not total yardage-wise, because who knows how much Florida is going to run the ball or throw the ball. But I will say that for Florida, yards after catch last season – weren't great. Uh, it was kind of a weakness, which is especially frustrating when you consider the number of passes, just sheer volume of passes that Florida threw that were behind the line of scrimmage, whether it was screens or these little swing routes they like to run, whatever it was. Having that volume and then having not having not great yards after catch numbers. Not super, uh, not 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 super optimistic there when we're talking about that. So I, I think that Florida, as much as they liked to throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, they just were not productive enough when actually making those catches. And part of that is because for most of the season, it was Xavier Henderson, who, as much as I love Xavier Henderson, he's more of a straight line speed guy. When you have 
someone catching passes behind the line of scrimmage like that, you want straight lines. Like straight line speed is great if the blocking is there and then you can just run straight and that's awesome. Um, but it's also not the best if you have someone who's not shifty. Xavier Henderson is not shifty. When you look at who was more successful behind the line of scrimmage, it's Ricky Pearsall. And I know that right now, Florida Gators fans kind of losing their heads about Ricky Pearsall because Ricky Pearsall could still declare for the NFL draft. He has not made that uh, that declaration yet as to whether or not he will leave or come back to Gainesville. I don't know what he does, by the way. Um, he could leave and go to the NFL. I don't know what coming back really means for improving his draft stock. I don't think production is an issue. I know that he wasn't super productive, but he was someone who pretty consistently got open. He's smooth as butter when he's running routes. He dropped one pass the entire season, which is pretty freaking good. You're not going to, you're not going to, you know, look down on that. Um, so I don't know if Ricky Pearsall is going to be back. No clue. But all I know is that I want it to be not Xavier Henderson running those sweeps behind the line of scrimmage, taking the wide receiver screens. I want it to be not Xavier Henderson. You know who I do want it to be genuinely, truly Aiden Mizell. I know he is a burner. I know he moves pretty well laterally, so it's not just straight line speed. He can move a little bit. He's got a little wiggle to him. So when you look at Aiden Mizell being a guy where you throw the ball to him behind the line of scrimmage, whether it's a touch pass and a little, little pop touch pass like that, which Florida didn't really do, uh, maybe once or twice, where it was like a little Anthony Erickson takes a snap and just immediately pops it forward. Um you saw more of the actual getting towards the sideline before catching the ball, which could happen again. But Aiden Mizell should be a lot better at that. And not only with that, I like not only in terms of who's actually catching the pass, but I think when you do that, you allow Xavier Henderson, who's a pretty solid run blocker, uh, to be a blocker there. And I know I say run blocker. He's run blocking. Um, he's a pretty solid blocker. We'll say so allowing him to be a blocker on the outside instead of actually pass catching means that you have one, a more dynamic pass catcher. Dope. Two, you have a better blocker on the outside. And so that helps create more yards after catch opportunities. So whether it's not whether it's Aiden Mizell or not, not necessarily specific that I care about. I just think yards after catch is going to improve significantly in Gainesville in 2023. I also think one of the reasons that you will see yards after catch improve in 2023 for Florida is that I think there's going to be more running back involvement in the passing game. Of course, last year, both running backs were not very involved in the passing game. Naquan Wright wasn't really involved in the passing game, and he's one of the best pass-catching backs in the SEC the year before, arguably the best pass-catching back in the SEC the year before. But Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson. In 2022, so excluding Montreal Johnson with Louisiana, so in 2022, both those backs combined for 124 receiving yards. 124. 124 receiving yards on the season – but they both had 173 yards after the catch. More yards after the catch than total yards. That's because they catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage a lot, and that's how they pick up their yardage. Uh, it could have been Anthony Richardson using them as a check down, which Anthony Richardson did surprisingly well. I will give him a lot of credit for that. It could be his little uh, toss forward where it was just Montreal Johnson just got to run straight and pick up quite a few yards. Uh, it could be a lot of things. But when it comes down to it, I think getting them more involved in the passing attack will only help your offense. You get the ball because obviously, you know, this team wants to run the football a lot. They want to get the ball in the hands of their running backs. 
doing that while throwing the ball helps you a lot also because you could have you know two receivers running double post concept on the left side so they're clearing out and if the defense is in man coverage then guess what there's no one there but your running back who could be running a swing out of the backfield and whoever is going to be defending him in which case i don't care who it is if i've got montreal or trevor in a one-on-one i'm taking montreal or trevor that's how i'm taking two or seven and i'm letting them go for six simple as that so i'm not super concerned about that um Another big reason I think this team improves as far as yards after catch opportunities, Anthony Richardson, like I just said, he did a great job of checking the ball down. No doubt about that. One of his biggest issues in 2022 was ball placement. When the ball was getting to its receiver or to its intended receiver, um, it would be difficult for them to catch and run. He wasn't really leading guys on post routes or slants. He was kind of throwing the ball to where they are and the ball would be often a little bit behind a receiver and they'd have to slow down, slow momentum, which by the way, fun story. I once was running across the middle uh, from the slot. I ran a slant and the ball was a little bit behind me. So I was leaning this way and I was looking to my left and I was leaning to my left and I was trying to catch the ball behind me and a linebacker just hit me right in the face, which was super fun. Um, But Anthony Richardson would throw the ball a little bit behind receivers and he knew this. He openly acknowledged this, be behind a receiver or be high and causing a receiver to have to then jump and catch the ball. And I don't know about you, but it is really hard to jump, catch a football, land, and run as if you didn't just completely stop your momentum. So one thing that Anthony Richardson did was kill receivers' momentum, obviously not intentionally. It's just what happens. That's the kind of player he was. And I'm not saying Graham Mertz will definitively be better at that, but I think it'd be a bit hard to be worse at that. So I think that that is one of the reasons that you will see this team get better as far as yards after catch opportunities go. We're about to talk about the defensive side and what their biggest improvement will be. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. To wrap up today's show, we're talking about the defensive biggest improvement, and I think it's going to be pass coverage. Now, I know that uh, I think it was the last episode of last week and the first episode of this week. Just everything's just mashed together right now. Uh, but I spoke about how the defense wasn't great in terms of having guys like Jason Marshall, who's phenomenal in man coverage, struggles in cover three. where Or guys like Rashad Torrance, who was great in cover one or cover three as the deep safety, struggled in pretty much everything else. Uh, so when you look at this defense compared to 2022 to 2023 and the secondary specifically, actually you can even look at linebacker here because it's past coverage. It's not secondary past coverage, probably going to be a little bit better. Ventra Miller, as great as he was and as improved in past coverage as he was in 2022, still wasn't awesome in past coverage. So you replace him with could be any of the guys, honestly, probably Derek Wingo. Derek Wingo is pretty damn good in past coverage. You replace Amari Bernie, who was used more, uh, he was used as an underneath man, but he would also be the guy that was the spy or would be blitzing more often. Shamar James is probably going to take that role since he's going to be in Gainesville next year, and he's pretty damn good, right? I think we can all agree on that. So in pass coverage, at least, you'll probably improve at both linebacker spots. Safety, I'll say this. I don't know if you're improving at safety. I, I'm not going to pretend I know that you're improving at safety. 
Um, and I'm also saying you're not improving at both linebacker spots, just strictly pass coverage wise. You're improving at both linebacker spots. I think I will say that you lost one safety who constantly miscommunicated things. He did trading. There's just no other way around it. Trading constantly miscommunicated things. If you need proof, watch the Tennessee game and watch how many times, no matter who the corner was on the outside, trading looked at them, made some kind of hand signal to, to suggest what defense they're playing on that side. And then there's just an open dude running down the field. Just saying. So you lost the guy that constantly miscommunicated, who, by the way, I still think can be solid in the NFL. Just needs to get his head right. And hopefully in the NFL won't be asked to communicate things. Um, or won't be asked to be the communicator for the defense. And you're losing another safety who wasn't good at every coverage that Patrick Tony would ask the team to play. He wasn't great at when it, when it was quarters and he would have to help in the inside if he needed to, or it wasn't great when it was man. He was very good as just the deep middle safety, which if you're an NFL team that runs a lot of cover three and you add that, that's awesome. Like, like you can take Rashad Torrance probably sixth round, seventh round, and have someone who could actually contribute as your deep safety if you're, you know, the, the, the Cowboys who like to run cover three. You could do that. If you're the Ravens, you're probably not going to touch them because Ravens run a pretty similar defense scheme to Florida, so you're probably not going to see that. Same thing with the Eagles. But that's just saying. That's what you're going to get with Rashad Torrance, someone who's great at cover one or cover three as a deep safety. More importantly, you're getting guys who, whether they were here previously or are just now getting to campus, will have more experience with this variety of coverages. Whether it's the guys that are just getting to campus, guess what? They were probably already solid fits. Guys like Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton, who were asked to do a lot in high school, they're going to be asked to do a lot in college. They should be up to speed, relatively up to speed. Guys like Kamari Wilson, who probably is is needing a few steps here, in deep coverage, at least, he gets that this offseason. And he's going to get starter reps, by the way. So there's that Miguel Mitchell as well will be getting starter reps, most likely, at some point. So you're getting guys who either weren't used to the system previously, weren't good at everything they were asked to do, and you give them an offseason to develop. And then you bring in guys who this coaching staff handpicked and brought in because they're like, hey, we think that you can do everything we need you to do and that's awesome as well so you add in a bunch of guys that you're just going okay you can do it and we're gonna have variety here we're gonna have guys who can work in this variety of coverages that we're gonna call in 2023 like we did in 2022 but you're gonna be better so i think pass coverage is going to see a significant improvement from that but i really do and i I mentioned trading i genuinely truly think that communication is going to be one of the biggest differences my biggest issue with 2022 and this past coverage and the constant miscommunications was that it wasn't like true freshmen were being asked to be the communicators in the secondary. It was mostly trading and Trevez Johnson who were the main communicators and shifting coverages, doing all this stuff. And I'm not placing all the blame on them, but those are two experienced guys. Trevez Johnson is pretty young, but he's also experienced trading, obviously very experienced, but the consistent coverage bus from guys just straight up not playing the right coverage is frustrating because if you if you have you know just an insane receiver you're going against and he's just cooking you no matter what you do he's just better than you 
but Florida would allow okay receivers to just be wide open downfield because they were just constant coverage busts. So that was the really frustrating thing, and a lot of that was on communication, which luckily will not be an issue anymore, hopefully, if you're a Florida Gator fan. But thanks so much for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we're available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow talking more Florida Gators football. John Garcia joining the show. It's going to be lit. For your second listen, check out Lockdown SEC, hosted by Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Get the best coverage on the best conference, including the best university, the University of Florida. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work at Whole Nine Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And I'll see you all tomorrow.